of the unique features of the Living Church of Jesus Christ is its ever-expanding body of fundamental spiritual knowledge about man's identity and purpose, which enlarges the memory of this people. Scripture declares that ye should consider on the blessed and happy state of those that keep the commandments of God. For behold, they are blessed in all things, and if they hold out faithful to the end, they are received into heaven and dwell with God in a state of never-ending happiness. We come having prayed and prepared. For many of us, there are pressing worries and earnest questions. We want to renew our faith in our Savior Jesus Christ strengthen our ability to resist temptation and avoid distractions. We come to be taught from on high. The purpose of this and every general conference is to help us to hear him. Hi everyone, welcome to Conference Talk, episode 44. Here with you here with you. My goodness. We are here with you, Kevin and Shelby, coming at you live. And we're discussing Keep the Change by Becky Craven. Um, and this is from the Women's Session of the General Conference of April 2020. <laughs> Wait, what? What is happening? October 2020. <laughs> oh, man. I'm on one today, y'all. <laughs> So, first impressions about this talk, Sheldon, go. The Atonement of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Is that the is that first impression? What is an impression? I mean, based on, I guess, based on the title? Or I based it on what I read. Okay. I don't know what I would say based on the title, though. Of Keep the Change. I don't think, I don't think the title is necessarily important. Well... Obviously, it relates to what she's talking about. Right. I was wondering, so... Do you want me to elaborate? Yeah, that's what I was about to say. How about you elaborate on just atonement of Jesus Christ? Well, I say that because she talks about Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ. And she gives the comparison of usually when we buy something, we get change back. But with the atonement of Jesus Christ... um when we essentially pay or, or do something, we get to keep the change because it's already been paid for. So we're continually indebted to him, which reminds me a lot of Mosiah, which she does reference, Mosiah chapter two through like five of King Benjamin's speech, which we talked about yesterday. Well, we talked about on our Book of Mormon podcast. Yeah. So I guess that's what I mean. Sorry if you hear a dog uh, in the background. <laughs> we are pet sitting, and so sometimes she's not quiet when we do our podcast. <laughs> so how I kind of thought about the uh, the change analogy mm -hmm. is I I started to think about how she does how Sister Craven does talk about change in the sense of like how we can change, right? And so by keeping the change, it's like when we, when we go through difficult things, mm -hmm. we can change for the better. 
right? Mm -hmm. And we can keep that change. That change can um, be something that we sustain over long periods of time. Mm -hmm. And that also is because of the atonement of Jesus Christ. Yeah, I like that. Not only is there redemptive power in his atonement, but there's also this enabling power as well. When we were driving earlier today, we went on a walk this morning. And um, for some reason, I thought about like the word repentance and giving a talk on repentance. I don't know why I thought of that, but I did. And I thought about the concept of change and teaching that repentance is just changing, right? It's not this um, complex thing. It, it really is simply, I'm going to start doing something or I'm going to stop doing something. And you do it like little by little. And it's a change of, it could be a change of many things of attitude, behavior, thoughts, like, you know, actions, whatever it is, um, to essentially come closer to Jesus Christ. Therefore, by doing that, you come closer to Heavenly Father. So I thought about that today on, on our drive back, I think it was. And I just thought it's so cool that we have the capacity to even change, you know, to make those changes if we choose. Um, Shelby, have you ever started something and you were even like real gung-ho about it? Mm-hmm. But then maybe after a day or two, you start to slack a little bit. Yeah. And then by like a week after you set the goal, you're not even doing anything toward like working toward that goal. Right. I have to. <laughs> um, we could see that as a failure. Right. And. Sister Craven, she, she brings up, she says, I now understand that I am not starting over with each failed attempt, but that with each try, I am continuing my process of change. And I really appreciate that because, you know, whether it's a, whether it's a behavioral goal, you know, something that you want to stop doing, like you want to stop getting angry in, you know, in the car, or you want to stop, you know, judging people in the shopping mall, the shopping center, or, you know, you want to stop spending money. Like every time, you know, you go out, you just spend, you know, 40, 50, 60 bucks, and it's just becoming a problem, mm -hmm. right? But you set that goal and you say, and you, you recognize that this is something that you want to do and you even set your mind to it. You maybe write things down, you express the desire to somebody else, like, hey, I'm going to do this. Mm -hmm. But then a few days later or however long later, you relapse in, into that behavior. And that's, I think we've, either we talked about it, did we talk about it on the last conference talk? It was a little while ago. But I think I, I talked about how like when when you do fall back or backslide, mm -hmm. it can be so agonizing. It can be so uh, just discouraging. And 
it gets really hard to like say, okay, I, I now have to start all over. I'm starting back at, at one, right? But in a, in a way, well, not just in a way, like quite literally, <laughs> because of the atonement of Jesus Christ, your next relapse has already been paid for. Doesn't mean that you should do it without thought. Doesn't mean that you should be like, okay, I'm going to give in because, well, the atonement of Jesus Christ, right? <laughs> that's, that's, that's almost, that is taking advantage of someone who loves you deeply, deeply enough to, you know, pay the price for you, pay the price for your sins and forgive you. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. That's in a way it's like, it's almost manipulation. I know they're going to forgive me. So I'm just going to do this. And the whole, it's easier to ask for forgiveness than permission. That sentiment, that mm-hmm. statement that sometimes made, um, Although I think I, I say, I think, I know I'm definitely guilty of that, of doing something like that throughout my life. But I feel like that is very, it's very selfish, very manipulative because, you know, you're not thinking about how they feel. You're just thinking about how you're going to feel right now. I know I'm going like on this big long winded thing. What, what is your thoughts like on that subject? Or did you want to go somewhere else with that? Well, I had a thought and I'm trying to remember it because it was somewhere in what you were saying. You were talking about, it was something specific that you said toward the end. I can't remember though. It's like the, your next mistake or relapse has already been paid for. Yeah. So what I think is that when you like fall again, or I don't know, whatever it is, fail a test again that you've taken like multiple times. Okay. And I relate to this with my test for my license to be a social worker. I remember there's a guy on YouTube. I pay for his study classes now because he's super encouraging and and gives good info. But he said, he asked, so people come to him all the time having failed tests and say, I just don't know if I can pass it again. And they've failed like two or three times at this point, or even once like me. And he says, how much would you pay me to, you know, give you 200 practice questions? And they're like, I mean, anything, you know, I want to learn. I want to, I want to get there. And he goes, you already did that by paying to take for the test. Right. And so he changed the he changes the perspective of don't look at your test as like, I just wasted all this money and failed it. But really, it was a way to practice, right? It was a way to see the test, know it's going to happen in the testing center, like that kind of thing, right? So I think when you were talking, I don't know, when you were saying like a falling down a hill, I, I've pictured like someone trying to climb up a hill and they get like so far and then they fall again and then they try again and they fall. But every time that they're falling and they're climbing up and up and up, they're getting stronger, right? They're building the muscle to get back up. And so he, that person had to fall that many times in order to build the muscle to get up that hill. Right. And so it's the same thing with the atonement of Jesus Christ is that 
every time that we do fall and we don't manipulate the situation like Kevin talked about, like we don't say, oh, I know the atonement will take care of it, but we genuinely try to ask for his help and say, I need you to help me get up this hill or I need you to help me pass this test. He will help you essentially build that muscle. And then when you get up to the top, he's going to say, keep the change, right? Like he's going to say, keep the change that you just made and move forward and go on to the next thing, like next tackle or next um, experience that you have to tackle. Hmm. I feel like there's like, there's so much that we could go, like we could do a deep dive into so much. Right. Well, but something she talks about at the end, which I think a lot of people might overlook is that, when people are hurt or like falling down the mountain per se and can't get back up, it is important that we help them. We help them climb up. And because essentially we're being the Lord's hands and helping that person get to where they need to be. Like, it's like the atonement in action, you know? And she says, um, where'd it go? If you are suffering an injury from a fall, please allow others to help you return to your covenants and the blessings they offer. The Savior can help you heal and change while surrounded by those who love you. And I like that because it is our duty to let others help us and help others. Because sometimes I think we might have a hard time saying, yeah, I need help. (laughs) Right? Right. Because we're prideful. (laughs) Or at least with me. Well, it's just, it hurts. To, failure hurts. Nobody likes to fail. Mm-hmm. And the easiest way to not hurt is to not try. And, you know, if you, it's like right now, I have a little bit of a back. Like, well, it's more like in my lower back, but like, high butt (laughs) it's like it hurts because of an exercise that I was doing yesterday and it's not the first time that I've tweaked this little muscle and I I generally know how to take care of it and treat it make it feel better and here's the crazy thing is that if I work out again today not doing the same movement that I did yesterday But if I do get my body temperature up, if I do sweat a little bit, I know that tomorrow the pain will be less. Mm. But while I work out today, I will occasionally tweak that little muscle. That muscle will flare up and be like, ah, you moved a little bit wrong. And and sometimes it's like, I don't even want to feel that pain. So I'm not going to work out. I know that working out will you know, the inflammation in my body will actually help me heal faster, but I don't want to hurt. So what, what I would encourage everyone, and this is also to myself is that the, the discomfort that you may go through in the failing, like the failing again and again, you can look at that as a a growing and a healing Mm -hmm. because 
I believe that as you fail and as as you hurt, as you do make mistakes, you're actually doing a positive reinforcement for yourself to either learn and say, okay, I'm not going to do this again. Or, hey, this, this is what's really important to me. Like, these are the things that are important to me, not this thing that I've been doing, right? And then along the way, you know, I would call what I have right now an affliction. It's not necessarily, it's not like I did something wrong to be injured, mm-hmm. you know, unless you could say maybe my form was a little bit off or maybe um, the, uh, you know, my lifestyle isn't conducive with all the high end impact activity that I was doing because maybe I sit too much or whatever, right? You can go like super, you know, on the deep end. But instead, if you look at it like, well, what do I need to do next? What's the next step that I need to do to get through this and, you know, and, and, and change for the better because of it, you know, which I know it's doing just some mild workout today, (laughs) you know, putting up with a little bit of pain, but well, think about babies. Babies go through a lot of pain when they start teething, mm. but it's to get their teeth, you know, to yeah. be able to eat. Like it helps them in their life, but they do have to deal with the pain for a little bit. Yeah. That's interesting. I just thought about it maybe a little bit too literally, but they don't understand. Like that little baby has no comprehension of why it's in pain. It doesn't know. It can't say, man, this really hurts, but I'm going to have teeth soon. All it's thinking about is this really sucks. Right? Yeah. So sometimes our, our limited perspective in this whole enduring to the end thing, um, you know, we're not going to have all the answers. We're not going to know why we have to go through some of the things we go through. Like, frankly, I don't know why my back keeps getting injured. I do stretch. I do feel like I take good care of my body. Physically. Shelby's over there, like, giving me this look because she knows I eat. And that's maybe that's it. The nutrition is not helping my body, like, heal fast enough or whatever right like who knows well not who knows somebody knows Uh, maybe the person listening to this will know or maybe i already know that myself and i just need to make the necessary changes in my lifestyle whatever the case is what what i'm the point that i'm getting across or trying to get across is that we don't always we're not going to get all the answers and but there is something that we can have, and that is a testimony of our Savior, Jesus Christ. All that he's done for us, all that he's willing to do for us. Shelby, what, what is a way that you build your testimony, if not every day, regularly? Like, what's your, what's your exercise to build your testimony muscle? Hmm. That's interesting. My exercise to build my testimony muscle. 
Well, it's, I would say continually having a prayer in my heart, right? Throughout my day of the things that I'm doing. I would also say praying every morning. And I would say reading the scriptures. Isn't that too simple? Shouldn't there be something more dramatic? I mean, you would think so, but no. I mean, how do you think people get like really big muscles and do things? They do simple exercises just repetitively every day. And they get really strong. And it's the same thing with your spiritual testimony. You do simple things all the time. It's funny. And if my mom's listening to this, she said this. So, you know, I'm calling her. But she said something one time when we were on FaceTime and she's like, I don't know how you got to know so much or something, right? Like about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And my reply to her was, I read the scriptures, right? Like I read my scriptures every day. I do the things like I pray. I literally just read and then the spirit will teach me things I need to know or things I'm wondering about. That's how I know so much right now. And the reality is in the grand perspective of things, I know nothing. Okay. Like I know just enough for this life to understand where I need to be and what I need to do. But it's just so funny because in reality, I don't really know anything or I don't know a lot. So anyway. Well, I, I appreciate our, our conversation with regard to this talk. I, you know, I've been trying to get away from adhering like too strictly to the talk. I just kind of, I listen to it, especially on like a shorter talk like this. I just like to talk about one of the principles or something like that. And and obviously repentance was a huge part of this talk, but it wasn't the uh, earlier in this conversation, you talked about how like repentance is not this. Um, what do you say? You said like this big thing or like this long drawn out thing. I, yeah. I, don't, I don't know what you said. Uh, now, <laughs> but the, what I thought about when you did say it was, yeah, some people and, the, and historically repentance was something where people would like go and, and prostrate themselves and just like spend hours and hours praying and trying to like grind it out, grind out repentance <laughs> when really it is a daily um, long-term thing because it's supposed to change you. It's not supposed to be this outpouring of emotion and grief and, uh, and, you know, asking for forgiveness. You should ask for forgiveness every day of your life going forward for the mistakes you've made. And how you do that is you stop doing it. Right. So, um, with that as my concluding thought, Shelby, any last takeaways from Sister Craven's talk? Just to reiterate what you said, she talks about that she she likes to go hiking, 
and occasionally she'll get a pebble in her shoe and she'll walk with it until it gets so annoying that she takes it out, right? And she said, and this really does back up what you just said, maintaining change takes effort. I cannot imagine stopping along the trail only to put back in my shoe the annoying and painful pebble I just removed. I would not want to do that anymore than it then a beautiful butterfly would choose to return to her cocoon. So that's repentance. Don't, why are you going to put, <laughs> let yourself change, keep the pebble out and keep moving forward. And I say that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Next time we are going to discuss the talk entitled the healing power of Jesus Christ by Christina B. Franco, who is the second counselor in the primary general presidency of the church. Um, I look forward to it. <laughs> I know you do. We'll be here. Bye, y'all.